We ready so to go? They have an over. Yeah, yeah. I guess we can talk. Yeah, yeah. We can. Yes, we're, otherwise, we're going to talk about it, and then we're going to do it, and we're going to talk about it again, and it'll be uh, parallels. So, what, what's the? Uh, what was the episode? Yeah, what was the episode where they just keep going back and start doing it over again? I'll call it a fact. Yes. There we go. Two D, the flat frontier. These are the voyages of the Pancake Enterprise. Its rotoscoped mission to repeat the same animation and music to transcend the limitations of 70s animation, to go boldly where no cartoon has gone before. Toon Trek, based upon Star Trek, created by Gene Roddenberry. Starring Paul Spataro. Also starring Dave Pascarella. With Bill Robinson and Andrew Leyland. As Andy. Production assistants, J. David Wheater. Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to Toon Trek. I'm Paul Spitaro, and I am joined, as always, by Dr. Bill Robinson. Because I'm a joker. I'm a, oh, sorry. Sir joker. Andrew Leyland. I'm a near night smoker. And Barrister Dave. Who the hell turned the floor into an ice skating rink? <laughs> that was probably your ex-wife. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. So uh, this is my final episode to do the synopsis. We are coming up on the end, and there's only three left, and since I have three cohorts, they will each get another turn, and I'm done. Ooh, which one do I do next? I don't know. Oh, I didn't figure out. The, I didn't figure out the order yet. I don't know. I'd have to go look, and I'm not doing that. So we we were given a homework assignment by our uh, Canadian correspondent today, and it was apparently <laughs> Dave approved. Now, how how is it assignment. how is it that this was Dave approved according to uh, according to Blaine, but I am the executive producer, and this wasn't run past me. Yeah, we're easing you out the door, dude. We just don't want to mention it. I feel like I'm I'm, I'm now 80-year-old Patrick Stewart. <laughs> yeah. We're pushing you out the door in favor of young minds, fresh ideas. Be tolerant. Now I feel like the Twilight Zone, the uh, kick the can. Young, fresh minds. <laughs> so <laughs> our homework was to go and watch the... Uh, opening sequence for uh, Strange New Worlds on YouTube. And I'm not sure exactly how much we're supposed to get out of it other than the music sounds good. The special it effects pretty. look it's pretty. Bland, it? It's it's I mean it it's essentially a you know an updated version of uh you know the Boy, the original Star Trek opening though, you know, it's got the the whole narration sequence. At the beginning, and uh, and then it's got, no, the music is more similar to Voyager, I'd say. Yeah, I would I would agree with mm. that. I uh, I only watched it once, but I don't remember seeing anybody's names coming up. No, they didn't. I presume oh, in the actual show they will. Okay. Because it does have a big cast. But the last time I think a Star Trek show had an opening credit sequence this long, I think was Voyager, wasn't it? That was about a minute oh, and a half. Yeah. No, no, I know it's been a long time. 
getting from there to here. Oh god. That's that one. I think that opening sequence. Come, I'm here. Come on, kill me. I'm here. As as they as the show went on and the criticism of that opening sequence uh, became more and more pronounced, I think they kind of shortened it up and shortened it up as time went on. Cancelable Star Trek take. I actually quite like the theme to Enterprise now. Do you? Yes, it's grown on me. Me and Anya sing it. I do as well, to be honest. Now, have you heard? Like, have you heard the, the uh, Rod Stewart version? Uh, no, never heard that. There is a Rod Stewart version of that song. Have you ever seen the Netflix new Lost in Space? No. Yeah, yeah, right. seen them all. I've just, finished, all. I've just finished watching it. We just finished watching it this weekend. It's actually quite good. But the opening credits of the new Lost in Space, right, you could put It's Been a Long Road over those opening credits, and it would work because they're pretty much exactly the same, oh, right I'll down there to being a shuttle shot of the Enterprise. Oh, I'll have to go back and watch that. Uh... I wonder if somebody on YouTube's done that, because that'd be quite cool. Did you watch all three seasons? Yes, we finished oh, the show. Oh, oh, excellent, excellent. I thought it was a great excellent. show. It was. Very good, very good, very good. Is it it was a little bit more Star Trek. Some... No, not in any way. Hey, I'm going to have to It's more it Star Trek than Star Trek is at the moment. It's the, mm-hmm. the story. We won't give anything away for people who want to watch it, but the story does have moments of its communication that leads to the end of the conflict and problems are solved by people being smart and working together. Mm-hmm. The opposite of real life. Yes. That's right. <laughs> complete, and that's why in Lost in Space we've made it to Alpha Centauri and on this planet we're just going to burn in hell. <laughs> in all likelihood. In all likelihood. So, yep. But back to the Strange New Worlds uh, opener. Does it, two questions, does it give you greater anticipation for the series? And the second question is, do you think it gives you a feel for what the look of the series is going to be? First off, no, because I am quite excited about this one, because I think the basic premise of it, Pike knowing he's on borrowed time, is is very interesting, because that's something we've never had before. He knows his death is imminent. I don't think he knows exactly when it is. I don't think he knows exactly how long he's got. I can't remember if he specified that in Discovery. But that alone is interesting, knowing that he's only got a limited amount of time. In terms of the visual representation of it, it doesn't really look any different to any of the other shows. One legitimate criticism I saw of Discovery was that they had updated the tech so much for a show that was purported to take place 10 years before Kirk's era that when they jumped 900 years into the future, it didn't look any different. And this person said, can you imagine if they'd done a, a faithful replica of the original show for the first two seasons, and then season three, they were 900 years in the future, and it looked like this. That would have been visually interesting. But no, it, it looks like all the others. It's got lens flare, and the special effects look lovely, and everything. It's going to be whether or not the characters are engaging and the stories are any good, That really... Yeah, I agree with that. That's, I mean, that is the bottom line on the uh, series. Is if, if the characters have, you know, a certain amount of charisma to them, and the stories can get you thinking, then it's going to be good. And if you can't do those two things, and I don't care how good the special effects are, we're going to walk away from it, or we're going to keep yeah. watching it and complain about it. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Mm. Yeah. I, I think Anderson Mount's got the charisma. Because he clearly demonstrated that in Discovery by being, oh, at least 90% more charismatic than anyone else in the cast. Did he demonstrate it in the Inhumans? 
I don't think he was the problem with the Inhumans. I mean, he couldn't speak. So I, that's, you know. See, I would argue I, that I, he did. That he did yeah. have the charisma because he couldn't speak, and yet he was still a compelling character. And he was good I, in Hell on I'm Wheels. Gonna, what little I've seen of Hell on Wheels. I'm kind of the outlier. I, I had no major problems with the in, in, Inhumans. I mean, I thought it could have been better. I didn't really like uh, uh, their choice of Maximum. Maximus with uh, yeah, you know the dude from, uh, from Games Bolton. of Thrones, yeah. Because it felt like he just stepped off the one set and went to the other. <laughs> and didn't even change his outfit. <laughs> but um, Karnak was a little. Eh. I, my biggest cr- criticism, and I'm with you. I, I didn't find. I thought the series was fairly enjoyable. I was okay with it. But I, my biggest criticism was the whole thing to save money that they shaved Medusa's head. Yeah. Just to save money on those special effects. I think my, I think the problem with the Inhumans was releasing it theatrically. Did it absolutely no favors nah. because it was just at that moment where they were doing that thing where TV started to look almost cinematic, and Inhumans didn't. Inhumans looked like a TV show, which and there's nothing wrong with that. That's not a criticism. I well, think if they hadn't released the pilot theatrically, I think it may have gone down better. I, well, I think they were pumping them up because if I remember correctly I believe that was before Disney Bill sucked left, yeah. well well, before they sucked uh, all Fox. the Fox properties back, back in yeah. so they were trying to make the Inhumans the new mutants not the characters the new, the, the new version of the mutants in the Marvel Universe to, to replace and they were doing that in the comics too at the same time they were kind of pushing down a lot of the X-Men stuff because, well, they're like, well, we don't own it anymore, so we're not going to really pump it up. So they were trying to, in the in, in the comics, and I think in the show, trying to supplant the the mutant characters with the humans because, you know, the humans can do anything. They can have any power, blah, blah, blah. But they didn't, I think it was just, I, I think it was a little rushed, and they were just over, over overreaching with, uh, put it in theaters like like you guys mentioned. So yeah, and Rebecca Ramin was very good in the minimal moments she had in Discovery. What did she do, Bill? Was it two scenes? Uh, yeah. She wasn't in it a lot. There was a what? There was a was there a webisode during that season yeah. with her I mean, she, and her and Spock in, in yeah, the uh, in the turbo lift. Yeah. And that, to me, the biggest cross they've got to bear is Ethan Peck who I was not on board with mm. as Spark. So it better with the beard. We'll just, <laughs> yeah, we'll just, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how that goes. But I'm not on board with Zachary Quinto either. So uh, that, may be a, that may be a me problem. Well, I mean, I've, the first thing I ever saw him in was the show Heroes, where he played... Yeah, he was Silent. good in Heroes. Oh, he was great yeah. in Heroes, actually, in the, yeah. especially in the first season. Because Heroes so. was great in the first season, and then it kind of went downhill from there. And it, it gets, it's really weird with regards to that, that I'm a big Kirk guy, and I wouldn't ever have thought anyone could step into Shatner's boots. But I'm actually fine with Chris Pine. I thought Chris Pine did a great job with what he was given. And it's the Spock of it all that I couldn't <sighs> wrap my head around. It was like, no, Leonard Nimoy, Spock, don't know who you are. <laughs> I, I couldn't accept him as the same character as Leonard Nimoy, but I kind of thought of him differently. 
So it 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 made the the movies okay to watch with him in it because I just didn't think of him as the same character. Did you receive? I think there was a car commercial that they did be, with uh, Leonard Nimoy and Quinto. Uh, I'll look for it. I saw that. Commercial. Oh, okay. So I didn't imagine that. Like, well, one no, of them. Is, no, no, no. I can't I remember think of golfing and stuff on that. It, they got to the golf them, course. Yeah, that's right. And and but I can't remember who's in the car. Is it is it Nimoy? And he puts his ha- hand up. He's like. Yeah. Have been and always will be, yes. my friend. <laughs> yes. Ah, uh, that was hysterical. So me and Dave are the only one that saw that. Yeah, I'd like to see that. I'll have to uh, check it out. Yeah, I'll have to see that. If it was a commercial, it won't have run over here. So but it's probably available on YouTube, I would think. Yeah, just digging while we're talking. Yeah, yeah, can you dig it? It, it ranks right can up there with you the one. Dig it? It ranks up there with the one where uh, Shatner wants Nimoy to roast him, and he won't do it, and he thinks he hangs up the phone, and he's saying stuff a stupid jerk. The phone's still on, Bill. <laughs> I never saw that one either. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Wow, this thing's three minutes long? I didn't but realize it. Is- <laughs> you should put it on our Facebook page. Oh, wait a minute. We don't have a Facebook page. Oh. Uh. Anyway, we'll, maybe we'll get a Twitter page. Yeah. <laughs> Elon. Don't don't even go. Don't go there. Don't go there. We're, oh, oh. We're not oh. allowed to say Elon, anything you, that's you controversial. You can buy me. You can buy me. How's that controversial? There it is. Leonard Nimoy versus Zachary Quinto. We could all just watch it together right now with I the people Phenomenal idea. Send us the link. I the link is in the chat. It's no, been a while no, it since is I've not. seen it. <laughs> it is so. I just pasted it. Yeah, you're pasty, all right. It's right there. Well, maybe it's in your chat. It it's is not in mine. It is right there. Yeah. yeah there. Oh, I can see it. Did not come oh. up in mine. That's because you're slow. Let me just. This is another way they tell you they're easing you out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Oh, no, you you must just be old and not able to do this. So it's... Whoop, microphone. We've moved your parking space farther from the building. <laughs> Riveting. Quinto and Nemo. Well, Paul's... Leonard Nimoy versus Zachary Quinto, the challenge. That's it? Yes. Okay, so I'm ready to click on it now if you guys are... Uh, so you, we're going to oh, do a countdown? Well, it's giving me a commercial first, anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, it's not. It is the commercial. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I have it stopped at zero. Is everybody ready? Yeah. One yep. second. Yep. Oh, yep. and, and oh. now, by the way, now the link just showed up in my chat. Just <laughs> now. So, okay. ready, we'll count down... Dave, Dave, it'll be three, two, one, click. Okay. Okay. Three, two, one, click. Click. Wow, Zachary Quinto's playing chess. Hello. Check. (laughs) Check and meet my young friend. How about another challenge? You want to play a round of golf at the club and get some lunch? Whoever gets to the club last buys lunch. Stand by to have your wallet emptied by a cracker bin. 
Anything's possible, but probably not that. It's funny how he so embraced being Spock after all those years of dating. Zachary Quinto drives an Audi. Audi drivers are almost universally assholes, right? in the land of Shire, there's three. Mark wooden pipe, fuzzy woolen toes. Lives in a hobbit hole. I love the idea that he that he listens to that recording. Bilbo Baggins, the bravest little hobbit of them all. Yeah. I love that he said the Go, Bilbo! Paul Leonard. Go! Hey, where are you? Use your sensors. <laughs> no need. I'm already here. You're there already? Feel like I'm stuck in a black hole. No worries. I can practice my swing if you need to pull over and take a nap. Smart ass. <laughs> <laughs> what was this? Uh, this kind of rule on TV. <laughs> I, I don't remember. And always shall be. Your friend. <laughs> really? I had to. Nice try. You no, no, no. I definitely had to. Not for a second. Obviously, you're buying lunch. Technically, we're not inside yet. <laughs> I'll see you inside. <laughs> All right. I'll give you that. was genuinely funny. <laughs> oh, there's more. Oh, uh, I think this is more. Yeah. Yeah, there's a little... Fascinating. Fascinating. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, that that was really good. I have to say. That was better than the last season discovery. Well, now now I'm looking over. Just if we want to do this one more time before we get to uh, our episode, uh, at the top of the watched next list is William Shatner calls Leonard Nimoy. Oh, I just closed it out. Oh, I just closed it down. Oh, man. I think back there quickly. Hang Hold on. on. I, can, I can send you the link now. Show you that I'm not that Yes, old. send the link. <laughs> and this is fascinating for the listeners. Well, was the, the, the actual sound needs to be dubbed in, that's all. Then it won't be so bad. Not so bad. You ain't nothing. Huh. Dave's sitting there going, look at all the work you're creating. Well, but, but you know what? The end, is, the end is near for young Dave, as he will... Be retiring as our uh, that producer. That sounded ominous. <laughs> He's going to be He's... taken care of. We don't need his services anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be the end. I'll go to my Godfather Dave. references and Dave. You won't see him no more. <laughs> <laughs> Are we all uh, yep. on it? Yep. Yep. Pause I'm ready. Pause at zero. Yes. And three, two, one, play. the home of Leonard Nimoy. Anybody but Bill Shatner, please leave a message. <laughs> oh, this, this is William Shatner. Leonard. Will you pick up? I want to invite you to the roast. It's going to be fantastic. Pick up the phone, Leonard.
great. Bill, are you in trouble? <laughs> what do you, what do you mean? I saw something on TV about your, your toast. Roast, you idiot. Turn up the sound on your hearing aid. Oh, Bill. Those roasts are terrible. You shouldn't be doing that. That's not for a dignified person like you. A roast is for a pig. No, I'm not <laughs> dignified. It's a celebration, you know? And I, and I want you to be part of it. Why are you doing this? Is it, is it for the food? What is it? Comedians for the money. Heard of B-level celebrities I've never met. Bill, some train wreck in a dress who used to be hot. Bill, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> and everybody makes fun of me. It's going to be so much fun. I think. Billy, let me tell you something. You know how much I love you. Yeah, yeah. You're like a brother to me. I know. Right? And and I'm, I, I consider you a very important person. Well, I, I'm really moved. I, I, I really am. I really admire what you've done with your career. Are you reading this? No, I'm talking to you as a human being, schmuck. Now listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's the favorite? I will not roast you. Oh, Leonard, come on. Oh, the no. I, I, I care about you too much, Bill. Oh, Leonard. Bill. Yeah. Live long, prosper. Oh, I live long and prosper. I love you. I love your family. Yeah. You're all my best. Oh, well, I'll do that. All right. Thank you, Leonard. You're welcome. Take care. You pointy-eared pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still on the <laughs> Get out of my life! Douchebag. <laughs> uh, that's that's great. Uh, that was great. That was better than Star Trek Five. I'd rather watch that than Discovery. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Anyway, uh, do we have any news? <laughs> All right, so today we're here to actually review an episode of, of Star Trek The Animated Series. And it is Season 2, Episode 3, The Practical Joker. And it is not directed by Hal Sutherland. And do I need to do anything more on the credits than that? I don't know. Uh, Some people call me the Starship Enterprise. Um, sorry. The plot... You know... Oh, go ahead. If go I ahead, could... Go ahead. If, I think I've got a name for my next dog. I mean, I still have a dog, but if we get another dog, I'm going to name him Maurice. Some people call me Maurice. <laughs> so I can go, Maurice! And then wait for somebody to go, wait, wow. Maybe I'll train him to bark like that. Anyway. Yeah, I'm sure. Good, he speaks good, good luck with that. Because he barks with the pompatus of love. So this episode first aired on September 21st, 1974. I think we were all born at that time. I know I was. I was. I was at least five. And I was old. (laughs) And so the plot is that on star date 3183.3, the Federation starship Enterprise is attacked by three Romulan D7-class battlecruisers. Captain Kirk orders the ship into a nearby gaseous energy field to hide, knowing that the Romulans would be unwilling to follow them in. Sometime later, the crew begins to suffer a series of practical jokes, beginning with glasses leaking and utensils turning to rubber, a uniform tunic for the captain with Kirk is a jerk emblazoned on Mm -hmm. the back, and a mysterious optical device on the bridge science station, which, when looked into, leaves blackened circles around science <laughs> officer Spock's eyes. Everyone suspects that there is a member of the crew having fun. The jokes become more serious, however, as corridor decks are found covered with ice under a concealing layer of fog. 
Still thinking that a crew member is responsible, Chief Medical Officer Dr. McCoy, Lieutenant Uhura, and Lieutenant Sulu hope to escape the jokester by hiding out in the ship's holodeck slash rec room. No escape is to be found as a quiet stroll in a woodland scene becomes dangerous with the program parameters changing to include a deep pit covered over by branches and leaves, and later a freezing cold blinding snowstorm, then a hedge maze before they are finally rescued. Eventually, the practical jokester turns out to be the Enterprise computer itself, affected by the ship's passage through the energy field. Decides to play a practical joke on the Romulans for the battle damage caused in the earlier attack. It fabricates a gigantic ship-shaped balloon besides the Enterprise that the Romulans are drawn to attack. The Romulans, infuriated over the embarrassment of being tricked, give chase. Kirk immediately shows extreme fear at the prospect of returning to the cloud to escape the Romulans, and the Enterprise presses into Kirk's fears by taking the ship back in. The jokester personality of the computer begins to fade as it realizes it had been tricked itself and finally returns to normal. The Romulans, however, were so enraged over the balloon-shaped ship ruse that they follow the Enterprise through the energy cloud and begin to experience a rash of jokes themselves. Do, 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 do. The Romulans were enraged. Hmm? <laughs> What's that? He said there'd be no triple at all. Uh, no oh. trouble at all. I missed. I missed. Oh, sorry. That's funny. Uh, so I guess. You all know, right. Go on. The biggest key on this episode is the introduction of the holodeck. I think that's you know that is the. Uh, that was your takeaway. From that's that's what I walked away with. Because <laughs> you know the episode itself, it's you know I mean you could have had somebody uh, you know singing over, is, over the over the comm but, system, take me home, Eileen. I mean it could yeah, have been the same. No, no, thing. no, no, no. This is exactly what. This is for once. This is exactly what it should be. This is for kids, right? Am I right? Yeah. You you, you are as right. a Saturday morning cartoon. <laughs> you are, kids would be chuckling. Ah ha Kirk is a jerk. You're right. Ah, to, ah, Spock's I, I I chuckled at Kirk is a jerk. I have to admit. Uh, but you're right that. On a Saturday morning, the, the likely viewers are kids, and I guess that's who they should be appealing to. But I don't think this ever really was as much of a kid's show as you would anticipate from a Saturday morning cartoon. Uh, I, I think it, it did have aspirations of being more. I think this one really straddles the line well between being a cartoon for kids, their, their target audience, and still maintaining enough science and other Star Trek stuff to hold that part of it together. Now, on a whole, is it a good episode? Eh, that remains to through, be discussed. But I think this actually, because it's not too, it's 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 silly, laughable, haha, for the kids. But you still get enough, you know, thing weird things going on with the, uh, you know, with the ships been affected. You get the science fiction side of it, and we get the holodeck, like you said. We do, and I've killed the show. We we do we do no, get those I, things, I, and I think it's an okay episode. I'm not I'm not you know I don't mean to sit here and, and say oh this was horrible. <clears throat> it was it was fun, but you know it was yeah. kind of a simple premise that, uh, you know that I don't know that it holds up as you start to think about it that that 
you know, they, they go through and it becomes a practical joker, and they go through again and it's cured, but it makes the Romulans yeah, a practical no, joker. Yeah. Uh, it's I, I, like when people used to get memory loss in TV shows by banging their head, and then they banged <laughs> their head again, and they came back, and everything was fine. Yeah. It reminded me of the Wolf in the Fold episode at the end with Regic. Regic, Regic, Regic. Oh my God, it's t- it's a uh, it's Piglet from Winnie the Pooh. It's gonna kill us. Die, die, die. <laughs> it just kept me making making me think that you know, okay, maybe it could have worked like by any other name or piece of the action. A show that goes a bit comedic and silly as it goes along. And then they pull the giant inflatable Enterprise out of their ass. That was the bridge to <laughs> Everybody, like... Everybody stops, they play the Curb Your Enthusiasm music, and they look at Scotty like, um, okay. So, Scotty, where, where have you been keeping this? What made you design it? What made you think we would ever need it? And Scotty would go, well, we did need it, didn't we? <laughs> I can't argue with that, Mr. Scott. <laughs> Scott, why do you have... A giant Enterprise blow-up doll. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> it seemed like a good year. <laughs> Why does God need an inflatable giant ship? <laughs> I'm just like, am I watching Batman here? It's a good thing it had its anti-Romulan repellent. <laughs> Why did the Romulans not spot that it was a balloon? They should have seen the little thing on it, you know, that you push in after you inflate it. <laughs> yeah. The little hose that you blow into. It was just. Imagine, you know, the poor crewman that had to blow that thing up. <laughs> nah, they probably had. They probably had one of those pumps that you have to like hold it with your feet and then go up and down. You know, like like a t- one of those TNT detonators. You see, the entire engineering staff just had to keep taking it in turns until they were knackered, and then the next one came in. Did his stint pumping up and down on it, and then he got knackered, and the next girl comes in, and she's umping up and down, and then and Scotty just sat there enjoying the view. <laughs> and then his nephew came in, and he stayed there while all the other trainees ran. <laughs> and he learned and that he, his nephew can blow better than anyone. And he blew the Enterprise. Why, why, did the, why did the Romulans want to arrest them at the beginning of the episode anyway? I can't see any evidence they crossed into the Romulan neutral zone here. Yeah, the Romulans, they're a bunch of jerks. <laughs> so they I think that is the premise, actually. Say, I think that's that's yeah, all you, they have is, well, they're jerks, so if you come near them, they're going to attack you. It was it was like the Qaddafi uh, thing. Uh, this is the line of death. You cross it, you die. Wait, let me move the line back. This is the line of death. This is the line of death. I, I couldn't see any reason that they'd that they had actually crossed into Romulan space. Well, I just read a little deeper to the Memory Alpha one, and they're saying that the Romulan uh, the the Romulans claim the Federation vessel had trespassed into Romulan space. Well, oh, you you trespassed again. Gonna get you. Okay, fair enough. It was nice to see the holodeck was nice. And, uh, did you get the idea that they couldn't do life forms yet? In the holodeck, how do you think that was just coincidence? That mm, they could only do landscapes. Yeah, because well, yeah, because that well, would be a nice evolution of the technology, wouldn't it? Well, then if they could do that, why wouldn't they need the uh, the Shoreleaf planet? 
Well, they didn't have that technology in the series. They didn't have right. this is a new this is a newly fitted thing. And the computer couldn't just make the whole covered up. It had to build it. Mm. Computer? Yeah. They're not at the point yet where you can have quite making brothels out of them. Why? Which is why, is why Scotty needs his blow-up Enterprise. <laughs> well, I mean, you, See, you... I took the blow-up Enterprise as just something the computer created with the transport. I, I, I didn't think they actually had a blow-up well, one I stored mean, on the end. You could... Uh, did they not mention anything? I, it was just there, right, Bobby? Because you could have a... I don't... See, uh, I'm just trying to relate it. <laughs> Bill, stop, just stop. You no. cannot justify that they have yes, a blow-up no, full-size enterprise. In I case can't. we go to the water planet. Well, no, because you could you could set it up as a decoy in some type of war game. You know, if if it was fitted with a sensor packet to you know mimic uh, energy readings of the ship. Then why would you make you, a giant? Wait, wait, I gotta ask a question. If I may, if I may. As a no, former naval inflatable USS Gettysburg on our ship. Because <laughs> that would have been funny. Oh my god, it's a Russian aircraft carrier company. Do you know what I think this was? Do you know I Dave, I honestly think this was Gene Roddenberry doing more merchandising. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> And then he's like, we'll put a blow-up Enterprise in it, see how people react, and then we can market them. Macy's <laughs> Day Parade, we can have a blow-up Enterprise. Oh, that'd be great. Oh, why did we never have a... Why do we never have a Thanksgiving Day Parade blow-up Enterprise? <laughs> That's oh. the question. I'm surprised they never did that. Mm. Because it's an asteroid field. It'll get pierced, and it'll just blow up. <laughs> It's just not very practical, is it? What was that one that hit the streetlight? Was that Barney that one year that hit the streetlight? Yeah. Deflated. And then the policeman got suspended for st- stabbing it with his nightstick and running down the street with his hat on backwards. <laughs> oh, God. So now, I, what led me to believe that the ship just created it with the transport was it was creating crap all over the ship. I was kind of the, the thing that appears that's true, yeah. That appears on the bridge that Spock gets the two dark circles around his eyes. Yeah, what did it? It just transported in when nobody was looking, you know? Because eh. no, I'm thinking it, it, I always thought it used that the was replicator a in the somehow. I don't know if well, they, the replicator they only, technology. They, they only had the replicator really for um, for food. I don't think they had it for basic things because remember, like when they beamed down to uh, Echos and the Zeons, they had to go to ship stores and get me a German o- officer's. You know, like why do you have a ship stores with German officers' outfits in it? What the heck? What? Just in what? case we run into a Nazi planet, we got to be prepared. Yeah, we got some Roman Legion stuff down every, here. We every got week some they Christian have outfits. every week they have like a theme party. Tonight it's Nazi night on the Enterprise. Oh God. <laughs> Oh my God! Hello, Joe. Get the tax. That's going to show up on Space Twitter later on and get kicked off the ship. You know that, right? <laughs> space Nazi Party. Oh, I love, you know what I did like about this one? I did like that it's light. 
I did like the Kirk is a jerk bit. That was genuinely funny. I like that the gravity went. <laughs> that is something they could not have afforded to do in live action when they did the show. But it was nice to see the gravity go in and Sc- Scotty having to get out of engineering by basically moving across the roof, which <laughs> I thought was wonderful. Because, yeah, in space, there is no pod down. doesn't matter. He'll get out however the hell he can get out. That was I liked that bit. I thought that bit was quite clever. Gravity is foremost in my it- mind. I found it interesting. This was the first time I believe we've ever seen real food on the table in Star Trek. Because they've always got those colored squares like styrofoam, right? Yeah, with Kirk has a chicken sandwich in Tribbles. This is my chicken sandwich. sandwich. I forgot about that. I stand corrected. Yeah, but it had a Tribble in it, so we didn't actually see the food. That's true. I don't care what it takes, I want these things off the ship. (laughs) <laughs> so, this, so the Kirk is a jerk makes me uh, Andy may not get this uh, uh, makes me think of the Ray Stevens song which would come much later they would call uh, it the streak it, no 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 no. the Everything day the squirrel beautiful. went berserk <laughs> the day the squirrel went berserk in, a cer- in, in the first, in the south first south church, church. church in a sleepy little town called Passing but so, so when I saw Kirk is a jerk immediately I sung it I'm like Kirk is jerk you know, there'd be a whole parody song there. We need Space Ray Stevens to come along and uh, and do that song. <laughs> Space Ray Stevens. Which would be Harry Mudd. <laughs> I'm actually not familiar with that lethal. particular song, but... You're not using but, that? But that's okay. Well, we that's okay. To it on YouTube. No, I'm just kidding. That's I'm okay. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really feel like I'm missing it's, anything. It's one of his long line of ha-ha, chuckle-chuckle songs, you know. Basically, a squirrel jumps up a lady's dress and jumps around on people, and it's, it's, that's the day the squirrel went berserk. In, uh, church. in church. In church. Yeah. Okay. okay. That's a, that's a like, side tangent. I, I liked a lot as well that, as well, other than the Romulans threatening them with death, which, you know, is every other day on the Enterprise, I did like that the vast majority of this one was just them hanging around. Nothing you know, was going on. They were they were having meals together. They were just going goofing around on the holodeck. Andy, you may get this. Maybe the Romulans should take up the you know the thing that Eddie uh, Izard you know says you know cake or death. Cake or death. <laughs> That's a tough choice, though. I think I'll go with cake. Uh, death. Oh, you said not cake. Cake. Uh, well, we're all out of cake. Bloody. Think everybody'd want cake. That's a that's a good routine to watch sometimes. Cake or death. Like cake or death. So this this one doesn't really create any deep thoughts for at least not for me. I didn't I didn't feel there was any major dilemma. Uh, no, it was fun. It went by quick. Uh, I felt sad for the uh, for the ship. You know, you felt Almost sad down. for the ship. Well, it it well when you know it's not fair. It almost reminded me of the little kid at the end of uh, that creepy little kid at the end of Pet Cemetery. Well, I guess oh, I guess if if you want to. Freak look at this for like some sort of a deeper thought inside of it I guess you could come up with the concept that the fact that the ship is doing these practical jokes gives you more of a hint of almost a sentience quality you know quality to the ship itself well and in discovery uh, uh, in this last season they pretty much established that the ship is now sentient 
because of uh, absorbing all the other stuff it did in a previous season. And da, da, da. so, you know, the ship has uh, feelings. Nothing it's more. It's a ship. Than a feelings. living ship. <laughs> I think the computer just had a virus. Yeah, that's, well, that's, I think, more realistically the way it is presented, but. I'm trying, Space COVID? I'm trying to come up with something. Space COVID. Prior before computer viruses were a thing, they were ahead of the curve. So, Again. Let's see, I don't think this one's particularly deep or meaningful, is it? No. no. That, well, that's the thing. Is it's, it doesn't, it's, it's, it's more or less a fun episode, or it is a fun episode, I believe. Uh, and that's kind of it. You know, and they give him a little dilemma to solve, but it's nothing all that sophisticated or nothing that makes you have to, uh, you know, really reason it out or anything. And ultimately when they get out of it, it's not even like they do something where, you know, they're killing the Romulans. So you don't even have a moral question. So, you know, we, we, we sent them in and they're going to get practical joked by their ships. Who cares? You know, it's, it's like, you know, not, it's just not a big deal. Uh, so it's just a matter of fun. Romulan jokes may be a little bit more lethal. <laughs> I like that Scotty gets a pie in his face. I think my two That's favorite gags are well, by far Kirk is a jerk is my favorite one. Uh, but then yeah, I think I think good. Spock with the eyes is also very amusing. <laughs> How did the computer grow that thing out of his console though? Well, that's what I think. Maybe it just replicated technology. It. That's it all re- I got. I know that's the only <laughs> thing it could do because. Yeah, replicate technology the answer to everything. Yes, they beamed it in. Just, well, just think of how not, just think of how good your life would be if I gave you a replicator to keep in your house right now. Oh, <laughs> I would just I'd just sit here replicating money. Nobody would ever leave their house again. Oh wait, didn't we just go through that? Oh, Too soon. <laughs> but it wasn't as much fun. Uh-uh. Well, you can you can you, you could replicate balloon things. <laughs> Well, maybe you guys had fun. I had to work in a freaking hospital, so. All right, so let's rate this before Bill goes off on his tirade. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I thought this was just kind of a, you know, it was a fun episode, but not all that special. So I was going to go right in the middle at the 2.5. But I got an out loud laugh over Kirk is a Jerk, so I bumped it up half a point to 3.0. It's got a giant inflatable full-size balloon enterprise. Four stars. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's two. Oh, really? Not even a middle yeah, of the road? No, it's, 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 you know, I did smile at a couple of the gags, but they're very, very childish. But I myself, I'm very, very childish, so... Uh, I I have to go to at least a three because I I, I enjoyed Matt Matt uh, Matt yeah the lady married to Jean <laughs> I enjoyed Barrett yes Barrett I enjoyed her you as, enjoy her do you you enjoy her I I like her as the ship's computer especially when she you know is not so computery that's true have you seen the new Nurse Chapel on Strange New Worlds. I, I, no, no, I don't and think so. So there's a new nurse chapel and there's a new number one. So basically, Majel Barrett can have a conversation with herself. Oh, show that would oh. be awesome, especially if the computer voice takes part as well. I wonder if they'll do something meta about that. Like, I have, would imagine that they have will, you met yeah. before. 
<laughs> you look familiar. So, uh, three. Three, uh, well, I guess I'll say three decoy, in, inflatable decoy uh, USS Gettysburgs. I mean, Enterprises. Sorry. <laughs> three inflatable Enterprises. Three inflatable sex doll Enterprises. Well, you can't have half an inflatable. It's no fun. <laughs> Depends which half. Whoa. Okay. Up your shaft. Up your shaft. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't believe they had a giant inflatable full-sized <laughs> Tells you where the mind really was. Oh, God. Mark- Marketing, that's where it was. Well, we did need one, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> I told you that would come in handy. Yeah, Scotty, yeah. they're saying, see, see? And you laugh at me. Scotty, yeah. Scotty and Engineer are going, you were all mocking me when I designed a giant full-size inflatable Enterprise. But who's laughing now, eh? Uh-huh. Was I right? I would say it. I was right. Oh, I stuffed it with haggis, so it's not going to go down. <laughs> well, explodes with haggis everywhere. That's just wonderful. <laughs> Some people can look at a simple episode like this and unlock the secrets of the universe. I, on the other hand, am a simpler man. I gave this a two. <laughs> What's an episode of Star Trek got to do with the secrets of the universe, Lex? <laughs> Want to see a very Greatest long criminal long mind of our time. Of our time. <laughs> so, that's what we say. But what does Blaine say? Hold on, I gotta wait. I gotta get our. Uh, I gotta blow up our inflatable du- uh, Blaine. You gotta have to be really careful where the nozzle is, dude. <laughs> oh, got it. I oh oh. I let him go. Sorry. He deflated. Oh Christ. This should have been the last episode, really, shouldn't it? <laughs> you know, we could do them out of order and just do this one last. Yes, this should end in any other whether in any other medium. This would kill the show. <laughs> We've jumped the inflatable full-size <laughs> Enterprise. Just air them out of sequence like the original program did. Uh, I wonder if the saucer section comes off and you can use it like a frisbee on the beach. No, it would be a pool float. You could lay on that in a pool. Oh, it'd be like that bit in Generations where the saucer section crashes. <laughs> you float your frisbee and it, it bounces off the sea and then crashes into the beach. Nice. <laughs> Incoming transmission. Hi, guys. Well, we have proof that holodeck-style technology existed on the original Enterprise, and we just didn't get around to seeing it in the live-action version. Or mentioning it. Aside from that, we don't have much else that I enjoy. The Enterprise seems to be on a routine scientific mission in the neutral zone, which strikes me as a terrible set of orders. The Romulans are waiting, and still using the Klingon ships that they used in the last season of the live-action show when they misplaced the Romulan ship models, and they're also in the neutral zone, 
we have a solution to the sentient ship problem that makes little or no sense. Why in the world would going through the field twice solve the problem rather than making it worse? This was compared to an infection. This isn't a vaccine. They didn't expose the ship to a small dose of the infection in advance so it could learn to fight it. They took an infected patient and convinced it to get more infected. Also, they are infected with highly charged subatomic particles. Subatomic particles include electrons, protons, neutrons, the quarks that protons and neutrons are made of, and the gluons, W bosons, and Z bosons that hold it all together. Speaking as someone who understands these particles well enough that I earned a master's degree in experimental particle physics, including a six-month stint at CERN collecting the data on the hadronic NCAP calorimeter segment of the Atlas detector, I can confidently say that exposure to these particles in a random field will not create the logical pathways in the computer required for it to become sentient, and once those pathways are constructed, removing the particles without dismantling the pathways wouldn't return the ship to normal. It also wouldn't explain why the food replicators can suddenly throw pies instead of just making them, or how the computer can change its own settings when the ship operates with mechanical switches, and so on. If they wanted to explore the premise of a sentient ship, it would have been better to do so by having the energy field damage the ship, and then get an assist in repairs from an advanced race as part of first contact, only to learn that the advanced race upgraded the system without their knowledge or consent. As it stands, the A-plot makes no sense, and the Romulan framing story also makes no sense, since there is no reason to de-escalate the conflict that shouldn't even have occurred in the first place. Unless there are surprises I don't remember buried in the last three episodes, I would say that this is my least favorite episode of the animated series. Well, from Blaine's comments, what I take is he worked at CERN and walked away without getting mutated into some sort of super being, unless there are superpowers that we don't know about. Uh, perhaps he has a secret identity. Maybe there's something going on there. I don't know. Everybody's what I came away from that was thinking, since the Romulans bought all these ships from the Klingons, do you think they get phone calls going... Your warranty is not having a good day to die. Maybe they, they got him at a Klingon garage sale. Yeah, they got Klingons. That's why the Klingons moved to having birds of prey as of Star Trek 3. They sold all their old D7 class warships to Romulus. Yeah, just kick, kick the tires on that one. Just, just see it. It's well worth it. <laughs> Practically new. Does it come with an inflatable ship as a decoy? <laughs> oh, forget it. It doesn't come with a giant Oh, this is the inflatable, inflatable one. The inflatable one works as a spare tire when necessary. You keep it in the trunk. Today is not a good day for your warranty to die. Yeah. Well, so this this one, I mean, it's, it's I, I, I tip my hat to Blaine that he can look at this and start getting into the scientific reasoning behind it all uh and 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 have you know intelligent commentary on it that you know just shifted right over my head uh but beyond that uh i don't have a lot to go with i, I thought it was kind of a fun episode so you know he and i disagree that it's his least favorite but i guess because of the scientific inaccuracies and it's you know middle of the road for me because i i don't know science it's middle of the road for everybody because it's dumb. But giant size inflatable enterprise. You can't walk away from that, can you? 
I cannot walk away from that. I was watching it, and I was like, as we were going through it, I was like, yeah, this is a kiddie one, and it's fine, and a couple of gags raised a wry smile, and so on and so forth. And then I, I think I got to the point with the Enterprise, and I texted you. <laughs> Where the hell did that come from? <laughs> it was easily my favourite bit of the show. If they could make an inflatable enterprise like that so detailed, just imagine what they could do on a smaller scale. I have just some, some, done some Google foo. As you know, everybody who ever appeared in the original Star Trek made a comeback somewhere, be it in a comic or in a novel or whatever. The giant life-size <laughs> inflatable <laughs> model yeah. of the Enterprise yep. made a reappearance in the John Ford novel How Much for Just the Planet. I read that and I don't remember that. <laughs> but but my understanding is that's a comedy novel, isn't it? I yes. got it but never read it. They, that would make sense. They took a picture. It's almost like the planet to people are... It feels like it's a planet of con men. It's been so long since I read that. But on the cover of the novel, they have Christopher Lloyd, Kirk. It's not. I don't. It's it's him with like on one side, and then Kirk on the other, and then a guy wearing like a. Oh, it's just it looks. It's 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 not memorable. Because I didn't remember the blow-up Enterprise from the novel, but it was just, you know, it was, it was like one of the ones I read in like a day or two, you know, and just burned right through. It didn't hold any, like, it was not one I saved when I got rid of all my uh, all my novels. So I, I cannot attest to what happened with the blow-up Enterprise. Okay. <laughs> that's fine. So... I guess that's it for this time. Three more episodes to go. I think we should actually talk about what we're going to do when this is done, because if we don't, people aren't going to know where to look for us. When we finish these last four episodes now, three more after this one, uh, we've already decided what we're going to do. There's probably going to be a hiatus while we get some episodes recorded, uh, but we're going to do the 1960s one-season series of The Prisoner. Uh, and the interesting take on that, which I think was, you know, is similar in its own way to what we did on Keep Em Flying, uh, is that Bill and, and Andy have both seen the episodes of The Prisoner. Dave and I have not. And Dave and I have said, we're not going to jump ahead. We're going to watch one episode. We're going to do our take on it, and then we'll watch the next episode. So you'll hear it, you know kind of in real time as far as our impressions of the series uh, I don't know what the title of that show will be and you know how you're going to find it other than on the Two True Freaks free feed as of right now but I would think by the time this is by the time we finish these four episodes we'll have a title and then you'll be able to search it up on whatever podcatcher you use if you are so inclined to listen and I hope you are uh, so that's that's what we're planning to do and then when we finish that series we'll decide what we're going to do then uh but anyway that's it for this week what are we doing next time next time on our all new episode of toon trek we're going to do the iron maiden song rhyme of the ancient mariner 
because it's all about the albatross you see that you know he shoots and they're like, that's terrible bad luck man if you're a seaman and it's all going to go bad for your seaman <laughs> you said so seaman. you know <laughs> that's what we're doing next time we're going to dissect the 50 minute opus by mighty iron maiden prime of the ancient mariner no you know it's funny you said albatross what what sorry me, me, me. In high school, my friend David Bell and I, uh, we got our English teacher to allow us to play that in class because we were talking about Samuel Taylor. You know, we were in that uh, range of stuff in our English class, so we played that in class because he and I were big Iron Maiden fans. Which also, Iron Maiden does a song about the prisoner too. I'm sure you know yeah. that, Andy. I, I believe yeah. it's on the same album, Power it's on Slave. The same record, yeah. 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 So, so there's there's a tie into that too. But yeah, that that's a good. I I was just singing this the other day. I was walking around. Here's the rhyme of the ancient mariner. 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 See his eyes is one of three. Yeah. Mesmerize is one of the wedding guests. See you and listen to the nightmare of the sea. Dun, 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 dun. And the ship sailed on and on and on. Sorry. Great, great song. Great song. Great album. Eddie the Head. Hmm? I know. The the other two guys are like, what? Did they uh <laughs> did they cover any Sinatra on that? I don't believe they've ever done any Frank Sinatra. Uh, yeah. that, they have done a lot of uh you know Dean Martin. Maybe I don't know Tony Bennett. I mean, yeah, the, the the Iron Maiden version of uh, "Take Me to the Moon" is just an all-time classic. <laughs> Take me to the moon. <laughs> and Mudley has joined you're the room. That in your head now, though, aren't you? <laughs> Sung by Bruce Dickinson. Yeah, you know he can hit all eight octaves. He can. <clears throat> he is an probably awesome. with his playing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, see you you guys next time. (laughs) See you next week for the Iron Maiden podcast. (laughs) Have a good one, guys. Take care. Toon Trek is based upon Star Trek. Created by Gene Roddenberry and is a Two Two Freaks presentation. It's hosted by Andrew Leyland, Paul Spataro, Dave Pascarella, Bill Robinson, and produced and guest hosted on occasion by J. David Wheaton. All music and clips are copyright their respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended. This is a review show and as such protected under fair use. Yeah, let's go with that. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Toon Trek. Ah, man, I'm so glad nobody asked why I had a full-size inflatable Blaine. (laughs) 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 Sometimes we don't ask because we don't want to know the answer. No, that's very true. I almost asked, but I I thought better of it.